Uh, g'day everybody, Sam Marwood here from Cultivate Farms and we have an amazing story and an amazing couple who are doing everything that we've been asking of aspiring farmers to get out there and hustle and find your own farm ownership opportunities. So Blythe Callanan and Greg Cooper from WA have uh, convinced, have charmed, have uh, uh, hustled their way into an eventual finance deal with a retiring farming couple uh, and I was so inspired by the story, I thought we got in contact with Live and I said, we have to share this, everyone has to know about this, they'll be jealous um, and we want to get people inspired that uh, you can you can find a deal that can get you onto your, your dream farm. So Blythe, thank you very much for taking the time to, to answer some questions about your journey. Thanks Sam, yep, no worries. I guess, you know, just to clarify, we didn't ever hustle with intent of getting the farm out of it or coming to this arrangement. I guess we just went about our business with, with our goals and dreams in mind and kind of operated to our values and this opportunity came up as a result of that. So it's, um, it is an amazing opportunity and we're very sort of grateful for the circumstances that led us to it. But um, we definitely didn't set a target on someone and say, one day I'm going to own your farm. <laughs> no, that's right, exactly. But I think you've got a broader mentality of, of just working hard and, and through that I'm, we're finding more and more that just opportunities arise when you're a hard worker and you and people know you're 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 clever and you want you've got a bigger goal opportunities come and I think that's it sounds like that's exactly what's happened for you guys so let's yeah, take a step back by where are you farming where are you located and, and have how long have you been farming for has it been have you been a farmer at heart your whole life uh, and um, and yeah where, where are you as well um, I guess not farmers at heart our whole lives. I've worked in a lot of different industries. Um, I grew up as the daughter of a mining engineer and a teacher. We moved around a lot. But the place we spent the most time was uh, on mining towns in the Pilbara, um, particularly on Yarry Station up there, which I had a great relationship with the people out there and spent a lot of time out there. And I guess that's where I fell in love with agriculture. And for Greg, much the same, he, um, he started working on stations in his things and worked on stations and in the aviation industry revolving around stations for a long time. Um, and when we decided that we wanted to farm ourselves, it made sense to, to buy more in the southwest region rather than station country. And that was a process in itself and an adventure in itself um, to buy sort of what we wanted as far as the going um, property went was um, quite difficult. And so we ended up buying a smaller property on the advice of the banks that we could get on a home loan. Um, so we bought 100 acres down here on a home loan and started farming like that. So I found a lot of lease country around us and sort of building our herd up from there. So that property was in Binningup, which is just north of Bunbury. And our new property is in Harvey, only a, a few k's around the corner. Brilliant. So that's, so that's the back story is that you got a foot in the door um, you, you need to buy a house anyway, and may as well have been a farm. Uh, a farm. Um, and that's the cornerstone that has um, helped this opportunity to arise. That in you know you're you're out there farming, meeting the farmers, people know of you. Is that sort of the backstory? Yeah, yeah, that's essentially the backstory. Buying a bigger farming property under a, a business loan was going to be really difficult because of the equity ratios required. And both of us worked for ourselves at the time, so the banks weren't you know. Easy to deal with um, from a business loan perspective, which made that house going much more attractive. Um, and then we started, you know, we're both still working 
off-farm a lot, and we both do still do some off-farm work. But, um, and that's the way we sort of built and, and we actually met um, the farm we're purchasing our new property off through, through our current farming operation at the Leaston Country in Great. So, you, so you've, got a, you've got your own bit of land. You then used that to go, oh, we could actually do with more land to lease. You then went out and found more land to lease. And it's from this lease that has led to this opportunity. Is that right? Um, kind of. We did, we did search sort of for leases high and low and we, um, we took on a lot of leases that normal people in the area probably wouldn't take on that wouldn't have been considered worthwhile farming. Mm-hmm. Um, but how we met Graham was we actually leased some country next door to us and used our cattle yard to bring in his dry cows in and out. Right, uh, so I met him in the cattle yards one evening when he was grafting cows in the dark after milking in the rain. And I said, this yeah. is ridiculous. So I went down with the porch and a dry bone and talked to grass cows in the dark. So, so what point did you get to where you, you started unpacking these, this um, sort of vendor finance or, or working with uh, working with another farmer? Was there a, a light bulb moment as you're building this relationship? I guess when, so Graham stopped milking when the, the Browns contract cuts happened at the end of 2016, which was pretty devastating all around. His family has, has been milking for about 150 years. Mm. Um, and when, when he finished up milking, he put the property on the market and I helped him convert to running beef and through that process. So we expressed interest initially when Graham put it on the market. Um, but at that stage at, Priced as a whole unit, it was way out of our ability to sort of even be in the running for. Um, and so we you know, said, oh, thanks, but no, that's sort of not for us at this stage. Um, and it wasn't until about two years later, which Graham approached us and said, look, you know, we haven't had, we're not making progress to selling the farm as a whole lot. We're willing to be a bit more creative um, if someone was able to purchase two titles, originally it was three titles, purchase three titles and lease the rest to purchase, then we might be willing to, to come to an arrangement. Wow. And did you think straight away that's you? Yeah. Look, I, I went home and spoke to Greg and said, look, Graham said this, and we've always been pretty, um, I guess, ambitious and, you know, interested in opportunities and, and not afraid to take a bit of risk to, to meet our goals. But it was a big decision to move forward with it. We were, you know, we do love little property that we do own. We are you know, somewhat comfortable there and, and have our systems going there. So to jump into a huge amount of debt and responsibility and learning curve again was a, um, you know, took a bit of thinking. Mm-hmm. But it's the kind of opportunity which you, you probably only get once in a lifetime is that. And so to not take it on was greater us even more than the, the potential risks involved. I want to I'll unpack the uh, ask you about the exact well, at least the high level of the arrangement. But why do you think why do you think Graham came to you? What's the um, as opposed to anyone else? Is there is there a lesson there for everyone else? Um, definitely, I think this is the kind of arrangement, and, and as you say, we'll unpack it as we go. Where you could only go into it if you trusted and respected uh, both the integrity and the work ethic and the value of the person you were working with. Um, so from our end, I certainly couldn't, couldn't go into an arrangement like this not knowing how the other person worked. And the same for Graham. You know, for 
Graham and Jane who didn't have children themselves to pass the farm on to, I think it's quite special to be able to just hand the farm over to someone who's going to take good care of it and cherish it and I guess still have them involved in some way, see what's happening on their property rather than having a stranger buy it and then you know, watch things which you potentially not got approve of but part of the way that Graham and Jane might have done things be done on that property. So for them, you know, they feel that they're entrusting their their precious farm with us. And for us we know that we can, you know, go to them for advice and and this is a long term arrangement, it's not just going to be sort of all finalised for about seven years. And we know that we can sort of trust each other to do the right thing over those seven years. And it's so good to hear that because it confirms more and more what we're doing is on the right track. That we say it's all about relationships. Um, you need to you need to trust someone. Like a, a farm is a very expensive asset um, and and a very emotional asset as well. And if, if definitely, and it's something you know I've always taken a um, a lot of pride in conducting myself with integrity. Um, Graham is a real salt of the earth kind of a guy. Was actually a a long time family and friend jokes that, you know, whenever Graham called and asked for something, it was a, well, of course I'm going to do it, it's Graham, you know. He was, he's always been, you know, such a, a good person and such a person who does the right thing by everybody that, um, that people really put themselves out to, to make sure they're taking care of him. So already having that existing relationship and knowing that um, makes us feel much more secure going into an arrangement like this. That's great. Well, I've, I want to unpack some lessons out of that, but first let's get to um, what, what's the high-level outline of this arrangement like? What's, what's, um, how's it all work? Yep, so Graham and Jane originally had five titles for sale, which was their original dairy. Um, we are purchasing two of those titles, which includes sort of the main house and dairy blocks. Um, and then we are leasing one lot for two years, purchase at the end of two years, and leasing another lot for seven years to purchase at the end of seven years. And then there's a fifth title, which we're leasing short term, uh, which is Jane Graham's house on that as well. And longer term, they'll probably look at selling that separately, as that wasn't something we could fit into our sort of 10-year plan. Wow, I love it. And did you, so who did you get people alongside you, lawyers, accountants, what was the um, make-up of the team pulling together? Uh, first of all, we got a consultant in, who um, Graham has dealt with a rural consultant, which when we first started talking about it, um, Graham said, look, I want to get Steve involved, and he can kind of talk through whether you can do it with your finances, because the last thing Graham wanted to do was put us in, in jeopardy, um, and what kind of arrangements could work. So it was really a matter of sort of sitting down at the table and, and throwing around ideas of what could work. And I guess not getting too worried about what was conventional or what we've heard of doing before, but simply throwing ideas around of, well, would this work for you? Could this work for us? And then we sat down with lawyers and went through to make those contracts up. So the, the contracts are, I guess, a bit complex. Um, simply because we went to them and said, this is what we want to do, and we were really driving, driving what worked for both of us. 
So there's some sort of an option agreement. Is that the technical term for these arrangements? Yes. Yes. So they're, they're options. So once again, the legalities get a little bit complex as far as um, but Jane and Graham have put options on those two properties which we're leasing, which means that they you know, they can call those put options and we're then obliged to purchase the property. Um, we don't have time to go through put and call options, but it's definitely something people should Google to get there if they want to get their head around different uh, legal arrangements for transitioning lands, which um, provides certainty for both parties. Um, but it's, um, it does get to be technical, but I, I guess the, from my experience and obviously from your slides, it feels like there are so many like pathways to transition ownership. It's, it's the, the biggest and hardest thing is having that relationship with somebody. Is that, is that how you feel? Would that be a summary? Definitely. Once, once you've got that relationship, as I say, you know, it's been, and Greg's really good at being outside-the-box thinker, and it's taught me a lot to go, no, no, you don't have to, you know, just because something's conventional, you don't have to do things that way. Ask questions about what actually works for everyone, and you can do whatever you want. Um, having the lawyers cut and try and capture that in contracts is, is a little bit more complex, and, you know, sorting out those contracts has been quite a lengthy an expensive process, but, um, but making sure everyone is legally covered for this sort of seven-year process is very important. Uh, and uh, uh, I guess the reason I was asking about experts is that I think experts you absolutely need, but then also, and sounds like from your experience as well, Blythe, not all experts are experts in these uh, these different transition options. So um, I think don't be disheartened if you're talking to people and they go, what? What do you mean by, I've never done a vendor finance or I've never done a lease to buy or put and call options. There are plenty of others who have. Um, so make sure you keep something yeah. right advice. I think finding, finding people to work with who are open-minded and who understand your goals and don't suppose to be too, you know, excited about what should happen or how it's happening. That they understand that they're working for, you know, the best outcome for both parties, I guess. Not what knowledge. That's it. So it's it. Yeah, having people who have that mindset of yeah, a win-win for everyone, I think, is brilliant. Uh, yeah. Blythe, what if you could summarise? What are the three things you would advise other aspiring farmers to do to put themselves in a situation like yours for opportunities? Well, let's let's start with one. for opportunities. Yep. Um, I guess all of this, you know, for me started to an extent reading Graham and drafting cattle in the back of the rain. They came to, to Graham then asked me whether I would release milk um, for him on the weekend. I was a bit hesitant at first. I didn't actually have grand ambitions of getting stuff. Uh, when I had the opportunity, you know, when I had the time, I said, yeah, sure, let's give this a go. And through saying yes to that opportunity, I actually learned great deal dealing dairy cows, but that was more, you know, more presentation in calving in a couple of months in dairy than a lifetime in beef. Um, and not only learned stuff on the town, but developed relationships which have taken me places I haven't expected. And, um, so, you know, saying yes to opportunity is, is hugely important. Um, number two, I guess, is being a good communicator. Um, being able to, you know, talk to people, express what you want, um, being able to hear what they want, 
both in a, a work sense and and just that willingness to communicate and kind of work with people is is hugely important. Mm. Um, and then I guess, guess work ethic, it, um, dealing you know working with integrity, working with honesty, um, and working to the best of your ability is is important in any industry. I think. There's a lesson for it, yeah. Not just farming, everything. I love it. This is great, isn't it? It's yep. just life, isn't it? It's um, that's how opportunity exactly. comes. Exactly. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Right, one last question, and I'll let you go. This is amazing. Oh, I actually got another one, but I'll, this is the main one. <laughs> um, what have you woken up in the middle of the night? That, or have you thought about if you might wake up in the middle of the night that's stressing you out, or you know that you think, oh, what if this doesn't work? Is there anything that you think, oh no, or? Um, oh, of course. <laughs> most, most nights at the moment. <laughs> it, um, but from experience, I think you know when um, everything we've done to everything we've done that has got us ahead has been you know, a bit of a risk, um, and we've both had sleepless nights over a few decisions we've made. But at the end of the day, once the decision's made, you kind of you get over that and you just get down to nuts and bolts of how you're going to make it work and and I guess get get to work. But, um, I don't, you know, with no risk, there's no reward. Um, but certainly, even at this point, we take, um, we settle on, on this property on Friday, you know, even at the moment, you know. In, a, in the quiet times I'm driving along, I have these thoughts of, what the F have we done? <laughs> Can I do this? Can we do this? And, uh, you know, as I go down logical thought process, of course you can, but, um, yeah, it's pretty stressful. And you have the support people around, do you have friends around you that are, are uh, supportive or do you have them, some are saying, what are you doing? Um, you we have amazing friends and family, actually. Um, our family has been huge supporters in this. Um, my mother's actually come forward with We've done the money for our deposit, which is quite a substantial amount, um, through some real estate she sold last year. And that has been amazing. Um, my father's come through and offered us capital if we need it. Um, and the rest of our family has been amazingly supportive. And we do have, you know, we've got a lot of different friends who are very encouraging of us. And I guess, you know, at the end of the day, that's probably the biggest source of comfort is actually in Jane and Graham because they really want the best outcome for us. Um, they're actually staying on at their house for a minimum of a year as part of the whole contract to help us transition into particularly learning the irrigation side of things and, and getting our feet on the property. Um, but that in itself, you know, taking on a farm with not only business partners but, but friends who we know are going to support us in every way that they can is... Um, that's what actually allows me to ease the ball of stress in my stomach at night and go back to sleep. <laughs> I love it, that reality and friends around you. And But you know it's possible. It's, it's like everyone has those moments of doubt. But um, it, to me, Blythe, this is like this is just so encouraging to you and Greg. I, I say well done and I, I want to um, support as much as I can and I, I reckon everyone listening will want to as well. Um, so well done. Absolutely amazing. I'm... I'm so proud. I've done nothing to help, but I feel so proud um, for what you've done. Well, and but you have in the giving options, you know, and we certainly going into this this deal, we were looking at all options of how we could make it work, mm -hmm. and we've made able to make it work without getting sort of directly your help. 
but it has certainly helped us to know, you know, speak to people and see what ideas are out there and bounce ideas off them and and kind of there's not there's more than one way to skin a cat. It um you know, and we've certainly found that through this process that that nothing's rigid if you can think of it creatively. I love it. Now Blythe, can people follow your journey via social media somehow? Yeah, they sure can. It um I'm on Twitter as Blythe yeah. Spirit. Uh, we have a Facebook page for the farm, which is currently Runnymede Farm, yeah. which is, um, I'm not sure what we're doing with our trading name at this stage. All of this stuff seems to have, um, we'll catch up on it. And on Instagram, we're Runnymede getting up. We will have all that in the, the notes here as well for people to follow. But we'll be sharing all your stuff anyway. Uh, by, yeah, um, yeah, and I'm really up to sharing it. And uh, yeah, it's um, a bit of a... I guess a dream come true for us, but really, you know, in reality, the hard work's only just starting. Uh, we're now taking on a bigger farming operation than we had just imagined that we would have, and it's now down to the hard work of, of making that work in the way we want it to. Amazing. Well, I thank you so much. I know, I'm sure we're going to get lots of comments of people saying they've been inspired by you. So well done, and send uh, congrats to Greg as well, and, and to Graham. And, and so what's Graham's partner's name? Sorry, I forgot now. Uh, James. Same with a Y, K-A-Y-N-E. Well, they're obviously lovely people. Um, but thank you very much. Thanks for taking the time and, and sharing this. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully we'll do a follow-up sometime soon as well. See you again. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Blythe. All right, thanks very much, Sam. Yes, right on. Thanks for your attention. We know there are thousands of other things you could be doing or other podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen to listen to us. We appreciate your time so much. Please reach out uh, as we're happy to work through your farm ownership pathway with you. Let's get you farming.